Good morning. How are you this morning? <clears throat> well, I thought I was better than I. I got. I just got one. Yeah, it's it's a longer sermon, so I might need to. Okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, if you guys want to open up your Bibles, we're going to look at um, John chapter fifteen. John chapter fifteen. Um, just a quick little uh, side note for for this morning. You know, lately I've been over the last year or so I've been uh, using the the weekly lessons. How many of you guys read the weekly lessons that are put out? Yep, that's great. They really are very cool to do because we talk about often that you come across scriptures that you might not really take the time to read um, normally or whatever. And, and in, in all honesty, this is one of the first years I've ever really started reading through the lessons. Part of the problem is I can't ever keep up with that sheet of paper. I, I can't. Yeah, and so now that Jessica's been putting them online, it's been much easier for me. Um, so I've been keeping up with them. So I was reading the lessons this week, and I started reading John chapter 15. On Monday morning, I was reading John chapter 15, and then Tuesday when I went to start really preparing, because I thought, oh, this is great. I'll, I'll share on this. I couldn't find John chapter 15 in any of the weekly lessons. So I'm not sure where John 15 came from. It's not one of the weekly lessons, um, but I'm just praying that it's the Holy Spirit, and we're going to read it and, and um, uh, pray that it's good. You know, all scriptures, God breathed and useful, right? So this morning, we are going to look at John 15. It's not on the lessons, but it is on target for today, I believe. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for your word, uh, that it is useful for us. Lord, that it brings us to all truth. It shows us who you are. It, it explains who we are in you. It calls us to draw closer. Lord, I pray that this morning we would leave here challenged to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So John chapter 15, we're going to read it real quick, um, at least part of it here at the beginning. It reads this way, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while the branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you may bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Verse 9, as the Father loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed the Father's commands and remain in his. I have told you this so that my joy may be complete in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, no longer I call you servants, because a servant does not know the master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. Amen. What a great, incredible picture we have 
here that Jesus gives us of the relationship that he is expecting. You know, we, we just kind of finished up and, and wrapped up the Connected series, and, and I felt as I was reading this, you know, the weekly lessons were right on uh, for, for just the next step and where we were going. And um, I'm, I'm really excited, you know, maybe in like two months, all of a sudden, John 15 will be there in one of the weekly lessons. But as I was reading this, it just impressed upon me more and more. This, this is really um, vital to, I believe, what God is calling us. You know, we were talking about connected. Pastor Billy was talking about that we need to be ready, that the battle is coming, that the world is raging a war, and that we're going to be part of it, and we have to be ready. As I was reading this, it, it just kept, the Lord, the Holy Spirit just kept impressing upon me, but this is where that readiness must start. That in order to be ready, in order to, to be able to stand in our faith, in order to be able to speak the truth in love, in order to be able to, to stand with our friends and walk through the fire and to have courage and to have peace and to, to, start, to, to, to move in, in joy, you have to start here. Then IV reads, remain in me. If you read it in other versions, maybe one of yours, it says, abide in me. Abide in me and I will abide in you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. This is where it all must start. We can know everything about God. We can know everything about the Holy Spirit. We can know everything about Jesus, his whole entire life. But it doesn't really matter if we don't know him. There's a huge difference in knowing about someone and knowing someone. You know, I said this a few weeks ago. I'll say it again. You know, social media, we know a lot about people without knowing them. Social media can expose all parts of somebody's life, and you can know everything about them, but you don't know them. And as we draw and be, as we're drawing on to another and, and one to another and loving each other and being connected and moving out into the world to stand in this battle, it has to start here with abiding. Because this is what cultivates everything else. This is what produces everything else. This is where we meet with God, and God does his work in our life. If we just read the Bible and find out all the rules, it will do you no good. It actually caused more harm. There's a whole group of people in the Bible. You know, remember what they're called? There you go. Pharisees, good job, guys. That knew everything there was to know that knew all of the rules and all of the regulations and all the scriptures, and, and they knew everything there was to know but did not know God. And so they had it all right. They had it, everything down, but they actually had it all wrong. Because if you know the rules and regulations but don't know the heart of the Father, then they are just rules and regulations that you can never, ever live up to. And as you begin to talk to other people, and as you begin to stand, as you begin to take steps, if you don't know the heart of the Father, you don't abide in Him, you will impress that upon other people, that these are just rules. Might not even know what they're for. You might not ever know why they are there. Might not know what they really uh, mean for our lives and for our hearts if we don't know God. It says here, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. My Father is the gardener, and He cuts off everything in my life that is not good. We try often to prune things out of our own life, right? We, we, we see these negative things in our life, these bad things in our life, and we just decide, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to man up, right? That's, I'm going to just woman up, sorry. 
Person up. Person up. I'm going to person up. Yeah, I'm sorry. And I'm just going to stop doing this. And I'm just going to make this right. And I'm just going to do these things. And 10 times out of 10, that always fails. Because it's not our job. Here it says, if you remain in me and I in you, I will cut the things out of your life. I will show you those things. I will take those things out of your life that are not needed. Now, not that we don't do anything, not that we just sit there and it just disappears, but we have to start from that relationship point of view, that, that place where we meet with God and he says, here are the things that aren't good. Because often what we see in our life that are not good are, are more symptoms than the actual problem. You know, we want to start stop doing something when actually we need God to work on our heart and, and, and remove the dark places in our heart. And, and we just want to fix maybe the sin problem we have without fixing the sin problem in our heart that we have. Does that make sense? But he doesn't only just take out the bad. He prunes and he cultivates the good. The good things in our life, those gifts and talents that he's placed, those, those ways where we're moving with God and we're, we're walking with him, he begins to also shape them and prune them so that they can grow in the way that he desires them to grow. This is an ongoing thing. This is not a first thing. This is not a first step. This is an everyday, all the time, every minute step. This is abiding. This is remaining. This is not stepping into the relationship. This is remaining in him. When we do this, then the desires of our heart change. When we meet with God and, and, and we let him begin to cultivate us and begin to grow us and begin to, to shape us and to begin to mold us, the desires of our heart then change. Later on down uh, chapter 9, it says, um, uh, chapter 9, verse 9, oh, where did it go? It says, my father loved me, so I love you. Now remain in my love. If you obey me, if you obey my commands, you remain in my love. You know, that's written all over the place in the Bible. If you love me, obey my commands. If you love me, obey my commands. I think obedience is one of the most powerful tools that God has given us. Very simple, very straightforward. Here's what you do. Here's what you don't. Here's how I want to speak to you, and you follow, right? Obedience is very simple. We talk to our kids about it all the time, all the time. And somebody let me know when that sinks in. That would be, that would be great. But here's the thing. <clears throat> when we remain in him and we abide in him, our desire to be obedient grows. Our desire to be obedient grows. Not all the time our ability to be obedient. Okay, let's, let, let's not forget. We are going to make mistakes or we are going to fall. Paul talks about it all the time. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I do, I don't want to do. But when we abide in him and when we remain in him and we cultivate and let him grow us and let him change us and let him shape us, our desire changes that we want to be obedient. So they don't come, become just rules and regulations and check marks in our life. They become desires and want-tos, and I want to draw close to God, and so I want to obey him, and I want to show him that I love him. I want to obey him and stay safe because those are the reasons he put these things in place. If you're, if you're, harding, if you're struggling hard with obedience, check the depth of your relationship with the Lord. Because the deeper we go, the more our desires change, the more he softens our heart, the more he works on it. That becomes where it becomes easier to recognize obedience and, and to want to be obedient. And that desire, because we've cultivated that relationship and that desire grows. That's how we stay away from being Pharisees. And that's how we stay away from just being rules and regulations and, and throwing that out into the world. You know, the world, I don't know if you noticed, doesn't really 
want rules and regulations unless they appease themselves, right? Which is a natural tendency of all humans. We like the rules that help us. We don't like the rules that limit us. But as we remain in him and he cultivates our heart and he grows us, our desire to be obedient changes and it grows. I know that when I'm struggling with obedience and I'm struggling with stepping into, you know, things, and I'm not talking about just obedience like the Ten Commandments and don't do this and do this and don't, but even just obedience and following the Lord and doing the things that he's called me to do. It, when I struggle, I can often check the depth of my relationship with the Lord. How much time am I with him? How often am I talking to him? How much am I letting him work on my heart? How much am I letting him guide me and direct me? Am I abiding in the Lord or am I just running to him when things turn topsy-turvy? Or am I seeking his face all the time? The desire to obey increases. When we meet with the Lord and we remain in his love, we also begin to understand more and more about how much he loves us. Here's his as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. You know, often the same applies when we're feeling unloved. How much time are you spending with the creator of the universe who wants to tell you every day how much he loves you, who wants to show you how much he loves you, who wants to heal your heart, who wants to, to speak to you and wants you to speak back to him? When we're feeling unloved and we're feeling down, check the depth of your relationship with the Lord. Check the time that you have been spending with him. And I'll, I bet it often correlates. Because when we're with him, we're face to face, we begin to see how much he loves us. He begins to speak to us how much he loves us. He begins to show us how much he loves us. He says, remain in me and I will show you my love. Remain in me and you will remain in my love. Obey my commands if you love me. And the next statement is one of my favorites is, I have told you this so that my joy may be complete and that your joy may be complete. What an incredible statement. That his joy can be complete. His joy is completed in our relationship with him. That's what it says. Remain with me and my joy is complete. I want to be with you. I want to spend time with you. He says your joy will be complete when you remain in him because that's where you find perfect love. That's where you find the, the perfect grace, the perfect mercy, the perfect and ultimate truth is when you're with him. And he begins to change and he begins to show you, hey, listen, don't worry about what other people say. Here's what I say. Don't worry about what other people tell you about who you are or what you did. Here's what I say. Here's who you are. Here's what you are to do. <clears throat> One of the things is we've been walking through this series and as we've been kind of moving towards how are we going to impact this world you know, courage is one of the first words that always pops into my mind. Courage, you know, because as we stand in this world, it's going to take more and more courage. Um, because our point of view and, and our truth that we hold, God's truth, this word, is going to become less and less popular, less and less accepted. And so it's going to take courage from all of us to stand for the truth of the word, to tell people about the Lord, to, to show him to show them his love, to, to teach them about his salvation, to lead people in, with kindness into repentance. It's going to take more and more courage. And that courage comes from abiding. The courage to step forward comes from being in the presence of the Lord. That courage comes from a cultivated relationship 
with the Lord. Because when we step out, we are going to be told some not very kind things. And maybe you've already started to experience it. And so if, if the depth of our relationship is, is way down and rooted and, and deep in him, when people come at us and people talk to us and people say things that we don't like and say mean and hurtful things, those are things we can push away because the depth of our relationship says the Lord loves me. The depth of our relationship says I know who I am in Christ. The depth of our relationship says I'm connected to a whole bunch of other people that feel the exact same way as I do. That I know I can show up here on Sunday morning and, and all the people that I show up with are all cultivating relationships with the Lord and they're all being pruned and they're all being growing and, and they're all connected together. And so I can step out into the world and I can take courage. I can take steps of faith. You know, I, my, my favorite story, and if I could preach on it every week without everybody getting tired of it, I would, is when, when Joshua and the Israelites were crossing that, when they were crossing the river, that step of courage to follow the presence of the Lord into the raging waters. That didn't come just because they were mighty men. That didn't come because they were strong. It didn't become they weren't afraid of water or they weren't afraid of dying or they weren't afraid of drowning. It came because they understood the presence of the Lord and being with the Lord and they had cultivated a relationship. And so when the Lord moved, when the presence of the Lord moved, they moved. I believe one of the big things about abiding and remaining is stepping out in faith. Because I believe God is one who moves us. But he doesn't move us and just send us out. He moves with us. Every single step of the way, my presence goes before you. The question is, when his presence moves into those rocky places, into those rushing waters, are you willing to remain? Is that the depth of your relationship? Or are you want to stay back where it's, you feel it's safe? Because I believe that's what God is calling us to. He's going to begin moving us into those hard places. Taking us into those hard places. And what he's calling is, remain with me. So I want to challenge you this week to check the depth of your relationship with the Lord. I'm listening to a book a buddy of mine wrote. And he talks about, you know, just commitment. And, and um, if you want to look it up, it's called uh, Bear Your Ordinary. You can find it on Amazon or um, Kindle or I guess those are the same things, whatever they are. Um, I don't know if you can actually get it in book form anymore. Uh, but you can find it. It's called Bury Your Ordinary. And he talks about, as, as Christians, um, one of the things we struggle with is, is our ability to go to extremes. That in our life, we will go to extremes for all kinds of things. You know, we will go to extremes for our kids. We'll go to extremes to go to, a, you know, certain concerts or follow a band across the, you know, whatever. We'll go to extremes with our finances to buy something. You, will go, you know, we will make differences and changes in our life to grasp a hold of material things. But often we're unwilling to make changes in our life to grasp a hold of God. And uh, I'm, I'm actually listening to the book because reading's hard. And um, I was in my truck and I, I pressed pause immediately and, and rewound like 10 times. Over and over, just listening to this, this statement of our ability to, to go to the extreme in order to grasp a hold of God. You know, here it says, I, I want you to remain with me. It will mean that we have to make some changes in our life and some changes in our schedule and some changes in what we do and we don't do. But ever since I, I, I listened to that, I've been committed that I want to start making more changes in my life, extreme changes in my life, that I'm willing to go 
all the way in order to grasp a hold of everything God has. To grasp a hold of the fullness of who he is and the fullness of who he's called me to be. You know, as, as this, this section ends, it ends with that idea that God wants to show you everything. That he wants to open up and show you everything. He says in 15, 15, 15, no longer do I call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. See, God wants to show you everything. Jesus wants to show you everything. The Holy Spirit wants to speak everything to you. The question is, are we willing to remain? Are we willing to abide? Are we willing to change our life so that we can draw closer to him, so that we may experience the fullness of who he is and what he has for us? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that you are a God that is not far off, but you are a God who desires to be in constant relationship with us, to change us, to grow us, to make us more like you, to show us who you are, Lord, to show us all the things of who you are. Lord, I pray that we would change. Lord, I pray that we would change the way we do things in our life so that we could draw closer to you each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.